0: and welcome to this edition of human wisdom live and today we're going to explore something which is at the heart of being human we are not aware of all the expectations that we have of others and yet they cause so much hurt damage our relationships and trigger our reactions which again we have no control over and we blame other people for not meeting our expectations To explore this today, I'm joined by John D. Whites, um, who's an EFT trainer and life coach in Atlanta in Georgia, in the United States, and guests uh, and friends from uh, different places. So welcome, everyone. And hi, John D. Welcome.
1: Hi, thanks so much. It's great to be back. I love this. Yeah.
0: Why do you think exploring expectations is important, John D.? What do you think? What are the challenges it causes?
1: well since we are relational mammals at the heart of our relationships are always our expectations which are almost never conscious to us we just go in and we have these expectations that i think are often unconsidered for us at which point we start having problems in our relationship because we realize that something doesn't feel right. Something wasn't what we had in mind. Yes. And that's why I think it's so valuable because everybody does this.
0: So we're not aware of the expectations we have. It's not like we wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to have these five expectations today, or (laughs) this is my list that I'm going to work through it. They just automatically form in our own thinking. And then if they're not met, they cause this sometimes sharp pain and then they trigger this reaction in us. And, of course, we blame the other person for the hurt we're feeling and uh, not realizing, of course, the expectation comes from inside us. And uh, But it can also impact our workplaces in the same way, can't it?
1: I do think so, because if you think about it, the work situation is also a set of relationships. Yes. It's just a different dynamic than your nuclear family, your community, your maybe extended family. It's just another set of relationships.
0: So we go into work expecting work. We have a long list of expectations from work. Right? Work should make us happy. We should have a feel satisfied. We should be appreciated. And so many workplaces are. Uh, just such so negative in you know um because people feel their expectations are not being met and they blame the workplace for making them feel that way just like we blame relationships we blame workplaces too right um and particularly with new mothers how does it impact them
1: oh my well that's a very personal topic i i will comment on personally that i was um probably not the best candidate. I didn't really think about this and my expectations were not to be doing this. And all of a sudden I realized that the pervasive images that I had been provided about what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to feel, how you're supposed to look, how it's supposed to make you change, All of those, I didn't really understand were expectations that had been embedded, but I did know I wasn't measuring up. I did know that wasn't matching. And I did know that that made me very, very upset on so many different emotional levels. Why am I not? Am I not enough? Why am I angry about this? Why, Why am I not blissful? Why am I not smelling like baby powder? What is that? Yes, And it's it's a set of expectations that were unmet and unconsidered. Yes. And it took me forever to figure out this is why that's feeling that way. And you're angry about it. And, of course, you, you should not expect, there's that word again, to take it out on an infant. But you will probably take it out on someone else around you.
0: Yes. right, yes.
1: Because you don't know what to do with that
0: you don't understand it. You see, that's the main thing. There you go. And it's a really classic example of how our conditioning influences create the ideals in our own mind of what we should be. And because we're not matching that, we are suffering. And we're not aware of the, co- the, the we don't understand why we're suffering. So motherhood, which should be such a beautiful experience, can turn out to be not only tiring, because you're looking after a baby, but also you're suffering inside because you feel, you know, matching up to some ideal or the other. And I met several young mothers, you know, with with this, and they don't even understand why they just assume it's true. See? Okay. And of course, we can also spend our whole lives being disappointed in our relationships, can't we? With siblings. I mean, I remember a family uh, feud where two brothers didn't speak to each other for 10 years because one of them was disappointed and the other, because he was just not invited to dinner or something. You know, something really small, but the hurt it can cause can be quite large. And the impact of that on that relationship can also last for years and years, right?
1: I I believe that hurt and anger are often connected and uh, traveling companions, if you will, because I think that being hurt makes me feel vulnerable. Yes. And being angry does not. And most of us would prefer not to feel vulnerable. We would rather feel in control in some way. And anger
0: allows us to
1: do that.
0: That's a really interesting thing. I mean, I've always known anger leads, I mean, hurt leads to anger. But I've never quite figured out why. And maybe what you're suggesting is one reason that anger allows us to be in control and hurt. Well, communicating hurt makes us feel vulnerable. What you did hurt me yes. rather than, you know, what I'm doing. Uh, Sorry, of expressing my anger makes me feel like I'm in charge.
1: Well, but, and let's put this unconscious sort of thing to work again, that hurt. I have expectations that if you love me, you will not hurt me. You will not leave me. You will not let me down. You will not surprise me. You will not betray me. So I have this love affair in my head with a mind reading partner who should know better, who should have all my same expectations, behaviors, and rules if they really loved me. Right?
0: interesting see what's happening so the expectation rises in me that you should behave in a particular way you don't so I feel hurt then I say you don't love me because you didn't meet my expectation <laughs> and that gap between us and our you know in our relationship just seems to widen doesn't it so uh, absolutely
1: and you you can see that's a full spectrum kind of idea between, let's just say, a relationship I'm having, a romantic partnership I'm having, all the way into truly traumatic response. Something tells me my most safe person, probably my biological mother, whoever I'm growing the closest with, should not hurt me, should not say that, should not abandon me, should not make yes. me feel this way. and. Often that is at the root of so many traumatic things is, is all these expectations and hurts that we can't make sense of. Yes. Especially if it's pre-verbal or we, we just haven't developed very much ways to uh, yes. I want to see process that.
0: Yes. Hello, Joe. Welcome. Joe is a psychologist, joins us from New York. Um, um, so, Joe, we've been just talking about expectations and how we as our mind assumes that other people are responsible for meeting them. And when they're not met, we blame others. And this can impact our relationships for decades to come. You know, people, brothers and sisters don't talk to each other. I mean, I'm, I know a friend of mine who's got six brothers and sisters within an hour's drive, and he doesn't talk to any of them. Because something has happened you know at some point or the other where you feel hurt and you don't realize the hurt comes because of your own expectations which come from your own thinking uh, our mind is out, not able to process that johnny
2: right
1: I, well they do believe that and i also believe the kind of thing that you're talking about where all of us probably know some siblings having that kind of situation that feels unresolvable or whatever that has, I wanna say, metastasized into resentment. Yes. My unmet unmet expectations have somehow made their way into cold resentment.
0: And that resentment continues for years, right? Mm -hmm. So on the surface, we might still have a relationship. We might meet for Christmas or birthdays or marriages or whatever. But underneath that, we carry that resentment from years and years ago of, oh, he didn't do this and she didn't do that. Or, and it's a day-to-day thing. And it's not that anyone's responsible. That's the amazing thing. The mind is doing this automatically without our own awareness. So just waking up to it, perhaps allows us to uh, respond more intelligently. Okay, let's move on to another question. Where do these expectations come from? We're not born with them after all. And we didn't you know, sit down and make a list of them. Um, they just seemed to keep on coming. Yeah.
1: Well, my belief is that as we are growing up in this womb to bubble called our first home and those people around us, that we are learning how the world is. We're not aware that we're in a bubble we're learning this is how it is, so everything about that starts defining our expectations, whether it's about how the weather operates, or our house, or the food in our family, um, the noise level. It just it just is, and so it's not until we start leaving that bubble that we start going, hey, wait a minute, their bubble's different than my bubble, but we've already been so grounded, all these things inculcated in to our expectations. There
0: you are again. I mean, a simple example is when I was growing up, my mom did all the um, cooking. And um, so when I got married, I expected my wife to do all the cooking. And then when she didn't, I just blamed her. I thought, oh, this is, you know, and of course, that created conflict. But at no point did I realize that it was all coming from me, that I was responsible for my own pain. I was so certain that it was coming uh, from the other person. Um, And Joe, if you could put your comment in the chat, that would be great. And then we can get you on and um, to share whatever you want uh, when John Lee and I have just finished talking. Okay. So, all right. We, they all come from our expectation, from our conditioning influences, culture, social media, and we have a dream of this perfect person we were talking about the other day, right? When okay. we're looking for our relationships, we have this dream that, ah, this person is going to be this perfect image. Yeah. And of course, when they don't meet that image, then uh, we're still. That's so- called a
1: nightmare. <laughs> it's like somehow my dream has become a nightmare, yes. right?
0: Yes, yes. You know, it's so funny, I remember long ago, uh, talking about how when you meet somebody, you think, oh, I only want three things in a relationship. You know? <laughs> and when you get those three things, well, actually, you want another three. And when you get the other three, you want another three. And it goes on and on and on, you see. So it's not like it ever, ever stops. Yes. And it's no wonder that more than half our relationships uh, fail and and so on, right? Uh, no.
1: And like Dr. Joe says, it's conditioning that we've been under, which creates those expectations. And those are very official words for, this is just all I know. This is what I grew up around, and I never questioned it. It
0: just is. So here's another thing to point out, that we're not aware we're conditioned. Mm. And yet we become attached to our conditioning. And that's, I think, a universal truth for most human beings. And this is probably the root cause of all the challenges and problems that these expectations um, okay. Now, why do we expect others to meet our expectations? It's a funny one, right? We have expectations. Why should we expect others to meet them and get hurt when they're not met?
1: Yeah Well, you know, I haven't thought about it this way before, but I just did now that, Others in my bubble expect me to do certain things and behave in certain ways. So I've just really, transitivity-wise, I've just projected that onto the next person that I meet outside my bubble. Why wouldn't I? Hmm. If that's what is, if that's the way things work, why wouldn't I?
0: Yes. And sometimes the first time we're aware we have an expectation is when we feel hurt. We didn't even know we had that expectation until somebody doesn't call us, or doesn't visit us, or doesn't invite us, or, or whatever it might be, you know, or the present they give us is not up to our standards, or whatever it is. We, we just seem to have so many of these expectations that keep on, um, you know, and, self-generating. And,
1: and conflict, I mean, people handle it different ways, but essentially, we're talking about some kind of conflict. It doesn't meet the expectation right that person that situation and again it's on that spectrum from oh wow i didn't expect that for lunch we always have all the way to i didn't expect the most important person in my life to betray me like that i mean huge spectrum same mechanism
0: yes exactly so all right so we are not aware we have expectations we expect others to meet them We get hurt when they're not met. How do we react to that hurt, John What are the different ways in which we react to being hurt in that moment?
1: Well, the two most popular I have seen and learned about are we either fight back. There's some kind of conflict that makes us lash out, fight back, say something. But there's the other side of that, which makes us withdraw. Whether we're going to play the silent treatment or we're going to be uh, scarce, we're going to remove ourselves and become unavailable. But either way, I would say those two paradigms are the most popular for when we are feeling that hurt.
0: Yes. Un- and when and we that- withdraw, when we withdraw, the other person isn't even aware why we've withdrawn. <laughs> So all they can sense is something's happened, the other person's not talking to me anymore. They might have a reaction to that, right?
1: Well, of course they do. It's just this unending chain yes. now of actions and reactions. And you know, let's just make it very personal for each of us so it's more meaningful. I mean, I admit, not happily, but I admit that for a long time in growing into learning how to be in relationships i recall the the only thing i knew was that you know my nature is very piscean i swim in this ocean of emotion and when it is uncomfortable i swim away and i am so successful at leaving an echo of myself they don't even know i left right right that is not a happy admission, but it's truthful. Yes. No, no, and but that it's that was a big awakening for me. Oh wow, I'm
0: doing this
1: in reaction to yes. to protect myself.
0: And the other thing, of course, as you said, is when you're hurt, the last thing that you feel like doing is saying, I'm hurt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. didn't call me, I'm hurt, or you this, you, you know, whatever it is. Yes. Uh, and um, Sanjay has just said it's easier to ascribe the hurt to another. There are also many reinforcements to this um, conditioning, justification, moralizing, uh, stereotypes, and, and so on. Thanks for that. Um, our friend Gopalan just joined us from Singapore. Gopalan, welcome. Sorry about the delay. Yeah, we missed you. We <laughs> said, how can we do this without Gopalan being here?
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I did it to attend the 16-day prayers for a close friend who passed on uh, 16 days ago. Okay. Yeah. So well, yeah, then just okay. finished. Yeah.
0: Thank you. So OK, we're just talking about how we re- react when we um, get hurt. And of course, John D, the classic is someone asks you, what's wrong? Why are you quiet? And what's the answer you give? Nothing. Nothing is wrong, <laughs> you know.
1: And and so here's a good place for us to consider this. We can, again, I think these are unconsidered choices, but we can focus on the hurt that we're feeling mm-hmm. and react in self-defense or self-protection for that. Or we can focus on what has been done to us, yes. that injustice, that that thing that they did we we don't often i think go hmm what am i going to choose here we we just choose those things and i think that those are two of the more popular ones um i had to again i had to teach myself to be able to say what you were just saying that that hurt i had to teach myself to do it and embarrassingly enough the best i could come up with was this i taught myself to say ouch and most people, being adults and in a conversation, with what? And it forced me to then follow up with what I'm saying. Yes. I went, like, ouch, that that, that hurt. I, I don't think I deserve that, or whatever it was. But I had to literally teach myself using like a five-year-old word to get into a place where I could address it.
0: Because the challenge is if you ask me, Manoj, what's wrong? If I say nothing, you don't believe me. If I tell you what's wrong, then you don't like that either. You'll kind of have a reaction to that. You know, say, if I if I say, Johnny, you didn't make breakfast today, you know. And of course, you'll have a reaction to that. Well, you can make your own burly breakfast and you know, whatever it is. <laughs> you can't win. Um, okay. Um why do we have these expectations in the first place, John? Why, where do you think? What's going on in our mind that generates them? Because it's part of being human. Right? We have so many expectations. Why do you think our mind is doing that?
1: Well, I, I think it's back to, to Dr. Joe's comment about conditioning. But let's let's just talk. Our mind, our neural connections are, are well-pathed to that. It's just a function of
0: our design. That could be one explanation, but it's not the whole picture, I think, because we're conditioned in a number of ways, not all of which have the same power in our lives today. And it's all maybe because we feel empty inside. This is just something I'm putting out there for others to reflect on and comment on. We feel empty inside, and when our expectations are met, it makes us feel good. Somebody calls me, somebody praises me, somebody acknowledges me, um, and so on. So maybe our mind is always looking to the outside to feel good on the inside, or looking to feel secure. Or So we have a range of expectations. Um, it's not wrong, but it's unconscious. And, Maybe that's why they have such a power in our lives and that's why they cause so much hurt. What do you think?
1: I, th- I think it's the meaning that we make. Um, you know, I often use that phrase, but yesterday a client told me, I want them to invite me because that's how I feel chosen. That's how I feel worthy, that's how I feel desirable. But we had to work a long time to get to that self-awareness. Mm. That that's what's going on is, is, like you are saying, it is the meaning I have made around that. It is not just an invitation. It's it makes me feel the way I want to feel or I expect to feel if you love me.
0: So Joe's just said we have a need for feedback. We learn from that feedback. Mm -hmm. Of course, we may also have an expectation for only positive feedback. And we have to be able to hear both sides of that story. Um, Thank you, Joe. But, Johnny, here's a fascinating thing. When I have an expectation of you, I absolutely expect you to meet that. And I think my expectation is reasonable. When you have an expectation of me, what happens then?
1: Don't you think that's reasonable? (laughs) Isn't that funny how it doesn't cut both
0: ways? It doesn't cut both ways, right? We have such yeah. double standards in our own thinking, you know? That's
1: exactly it. That's you know. exactly it. And <laughs> I think that it, I'm just going to make a plug in here. I'm not very gender oriented. But I think in our country and elsewhere, too, we have a lot of women starting to go, wait a minute, double standard. Wait, wait a minute. This That's not reasonable that we have different standards for this. And you know, here at least, I, I I think we're trying to grapple with that as as a conversation that yes. is
0: open and common. Yes, Sanjay said we often second guess and often wide off the mark. Second guess what people are thinking and why they uh, why they're behaving in the way that they are. Um, I'd also like to bring in a point that. Um, Anne brought in much earlier was that sometimes you can feel so insecure in a relationship that you struggle to express your expectations and you always sort of put yourself down because you're afraid that relationship will break apart if you express anything. Um, Do you want to comment on that Chandi? That can be a really painful place to be as well, right?
1: Well, I think that's a really good point, Anne. Um, first of all, let, let's go right back. This is such a circular conversation, is it not? That, that if, if I have somehow learned, I'm going to say somehow learned, because that covers a lot of territory, that expressing what I need or want is not going to be met with joy, is not going to be met with a positive outcome. Is not allowed, is going to guarantee that I am in a precarious position. All those things keep me from that if that's what I somehow learned. Yes. So there's there's a lot of reasons we do not express our expectation or needs or wants or even our unhappiness at something.
0: Even in in stable relationships, we're reluctant, I think, sometimes to express our needs because it makes us feel vulnerable right just expressing a need makes you feel vulnerable and uh, you don't you, you don't like that feeling uh, so we much rather just bottle it up and say nothing until it you know all adds up and then we have an outburst okay so johnny now we've understood the mechanics of all this that is unconscious and so on my next question perhaps the most important one is how can we respond to this whole subject of expectations with our own intelligence, what are the different things we can do? Do you want to get the ball rolling on that?
1: Well, yes, I'll get the ball rolling. I, I would say, as usual, it's taking the opportunity just as everyone here has today to start considering more fully why do I feel that way? What am I feeling that way? So the first step is always starting with us and our self-awareness. And then it becomes that, it's probably Pema Chodron, but it's it's sitting with. Yes. Right? And yes. so in Jandi speak, it's sitting with the discomfort at least long enough to get some more information that might be useful.
0: I love that line. Sitting with the information and the discomfort for long enough. So it gives you more information about what's happening inside you, Mm -hmm. right? And I think perhaps also begin by not thinking this is right or wrong, because our mind is automatically blaming either the other person or ourselves. It's just part of being human. We're understanding. So immediately I feel this pain in myself. I'm tempted to lash out or withdraw. I notice it. I don't give in to that. I sit with that and say, well, what is it teaching me? And it's teaching me that I have this expectation I wasn't aware of. And then I can examine that expectation and ask, is it reasonable? Is it not? Can I let it go? And how can I express it as a need or uh, you know, ra- with kindness rather than react with anger?
1: What am I making of it? Is that reasonable? What am I making of it? Is there another way to look at this? Yes. Is that the only way to see this? Yes.
0: Also, I think outside the acute situation, we can start journaling. I love journaling. Can write down what are the expectations I have of this person or this relationship, which is more for work or whatever it might be. and Then to say how many of them are reasonable? Where do they come from? You know, what are the conditioning influences that led to each of them? How many of them can I let go of? Because the longer the list, the more unhappy I'm going to be, and the greater the risk of that relationship breaking down, right? So if I can live with as few expectations as I can and express them with vulnerability and a need rather than with anger, then it strengthens the relationship, right? Anything else to add to that?
1: I, I would um, I would say that we don't often see how identified we are with that expectation. And further, we don't often stop to go, is that really my expectation or is that somebody else's uh, you know I yes, that I yep. was handed? And so our identification with it is often misplaced because that expectation was hers or his or theirs not mine, oh my gosh, now that I see that, yeah. I can not only uncouple from the identi- over-identification with it, but I can also say, well, what is more appropriate for me? Or what, what is more mine?
0: Yes, where does it come from? And maybe in a relationship, a couple could also have a discussion outside the acute conflict event, but what expectations they do have of each other and just tease it all out because you ask the question, you might uncover expectations you didn't even know that you had. And that discussion and dialogue then often leads to, um, to light, right? Um, Sanjay said, Do we need to differentiate between needs and wants? And Sanjay, I'm going to let you answer that in a minute. And Joe said, uh, Dropping expectations can bring about a whole other interpersonal disruption or two or three. And Joe, I'm going to let you expand on that in a second. Okay, um, we also talk about love, John Dee, and how we. I need to love you in ways that you want to. You are uh, you feel loved, right? So, you know the love languages we talked about.
2: Yeah,
1: right. Um, and and so there, there's a, a another phrase that, that I use often that I think is just every day but helpful. Teach me how you feel most loved. Teach me how to love you in the way that you would like to be
0: loved. Yes. Yes. Somebody might like some food making for them. Others might like flowers. And if you uh, don't uh, meet those expectations, so we're not saying expectations are wrong or shouldn't be met, but we're just trying to uncover and make the unconscious conscious so that we can navigate this whole space with, with our intelligence. Okay, I think we might pause there, Jungdi, and open it up to um, discussion. So, Sanjay, do you want to start by answering or exploring that question about needs and wants in the relationship?
4: Yeah, uh, thanks, Manoj. So, yeah, I, I think uh, the the whole uh, discussion has been really rich, and um, uh, what I think is becoming clear is that. Uh, we are always, um, that, that we are second guessing. We're often second guessing. Uh, and the trigger point is usually when there is a hurt. Yes. So otherwise, we're happy to carry on, on with whatever happens on a day-to-day basis in the relationship. But when that trigger point takes place, which is something hurts, that is when we have uh, the recognition that there was an expectation. We may not be conscious of it, but uh, I think that is what is kind of operating.
0: So Joe, uh, do you want to come in on that one? because uh, it kind of alludes to the question you had earlier about letting go of our expectations and why that's hard as well,
5: right? Yeah, I think um, I think I'll, I'll go to the comment about uh, the idea of, you know when when dropping those expectations, uh, we sort of get to a place, some some, some of us get to a place where we begin to say, okay, I'm resolving, if you will, uh, <laughs> this idea, I'm tired of being um, hurt, uh, which the reaction often is, you know, anger. And sometimes that anger is, you know, towards the person who has disappointed you, but <clears throat> sometimes the anger is towards yourself um, because you maybe you have this sort of underlying, maybe even unconscious experience of under, understanding that your expectation for this person might be uh, really overreaching. And so you have to be careful about that, And but then you get angry with yourself about having that expectation of that person, you, you, you start to get into this other thing. Um, so then when you begin to drop your expectations, um you have to really at that point understand well that's the point that that john D was making before really then getting into what is going on to you, for you intrapersonally because when you do drop them you have to really confront yourself you know uh on on, on a lot of levels that you didn't really expect it, it at first it seems very simple uh i i just don't i'm not going to expect that of this person anymore <laughs> and we just make this conscious decision to do it and yet there's something gnawing away at you mm-hmm. you know um why can't you know it's like oh i know they can't be this for me so you throw it away but then there's either you're hanging on to something or, uh, which could be, you know, that expectation again, or a different expectation. Maybe it's just a shifting expectation. Maybe you're just saying, okay, I'm not going to expect them to do this, but then you discover that you have still some expectation left over. Um, and that's where you have to really look at what is really going on for you. And, um, you know, I can remember going through a, a, period of time where I just said I'm not expecting anything from anybody anymore. <laughs> how, and... how, did,
0: how successful was that?
5: <laughs> you know, I mean that even that that even goes down to what I was trying to get onto this today. And I couldn't get the link to it. It was just not going to the link and John D had to send me the Zoom link. And my expectation was being blown apart, you know, and I was like, who am I angry at? You know, And I kept saying that it's LinkedIn. I'm angry at LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> <And> I, <laughs> but how do you get angry at LinkedIn? And then I thought, oh, know i can't be angry at any person here you know (laughs) but it's that kind of thing and and it gets very complicated um because what do you do um and especially as we go on in life uh we have family members we have friends we have people that we're we think we know very well who will be there for us, and then at a key time in our lives, sometimes you know they they can't be, and then we wrap it up into well, they'll learn, then they're they're just terrible people. They're never going to be you know there for us. So we base it on one particular thing. So it really is it gets very complicated on um, how you. I think
0: uh, what you said, John, Joe, jo- jo really is what Johny said earlier. We are so attached to those expectations, right? because we are attached to our conditioning.
5: Right. And I think that that's what I was saying, you know initially about how we get conditioned with that in the beginning, you know, from birth. Um, and this has to deal with sometimes the the whole attachment experience too, which there's certainly a lot of literature on. Um, but but there is this sort of, you know, you're born and you uh, you're dependent you know, so what do you do? I mean, you're dependent upon somebody to feed you and somebody to bathe you and somebody to love you and hug you and, you know, uh, comfort you. And whether that's your mother or your father or some caretaker, some adult caretaker, you immediately are thrown into the idea that someone is who you have to expect from. It's a dependency. Right. So the that that conditioning is almost an immediate kind of thing. It may even take place in the womb when the expectation is that you are there being taken care of and nourished by your mother or the person carrying you. Um, So I don't know, it's it's I think it's very complex and it's hard. It's a bit hardwired. And so how do you get rid of that hardwiring?
0: I think for me, it's just realizing that every expectation I have comes from my conditioning influences, which I wasn't aware of. Mm -hmm. And it's not right or wrong, but examining that process, that and taking ownership, I think, for me, that's the big one. I take ownership of my own expectations. And I take ownership of the hurt when they're not met. And that then allows me to learn something from what's happening underneath rather than blame, or lash out, or withdraw, um, and so on. Uh, Gopalan, what do you think?
3: I was waiting for that. <laughs> uh, okay, I've got three things uh, that came to mind. One is, every a bit in between expectations, there is another expectation. So, just when you think you, you don't want to expect anything from anyone, you are in between expectation. There's another expectation waiting for you. Uh, that's one. Two, relationships are conditional. Love is unconditional. But we often confuse and interchange because it's words, right? Uh, so we use it loosely. And I think that's where we get hurt. So I think everybody is in a relationship, knowingly or unknowingly, with an agenda. So it's conditional. So it's it's very conditional. You You cannot say that I'm in a Relationship without conditions, yes. you, you know. And the other one is love. When there is love, it becomes it has to be unconditional. Otherwise, it's not love. Yes. And that's how the mother can, no matter how annoyed or irritated or whatever the the daughter does, is still or, or son does is still unconditional love for the child. Similarly, for the child to the mother no matter how upset you are with your parents, you don't talk to them, or whatever disagreement, eventually, there is still that bonding that is there from childhood.
0: In most cases, I'd say that's true. But of course, there are, as you know, exceptions, and Joe is kind of thinking, well, maybe not. Uh, Okay. But thank you for that, uh, Gopalan. Uh, Anyone else? Uh, Jenny? What do you think about expectations?
6: well, this is a this is an area I've been working very much on over the last few years. Um, I think there's I've made some notes. there's expectations that are based on good reason, so they're realistic. You know, they come from past experiences. You know that 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 there's a good likelihood that the expectation is is real. The problem occurs when we have those expectations that something happens that's, that's without good reason. And these are the ones that cause the problem. Um, and give me an example.
0: I think of an example.
6: Well, um, a realistic, a realistic expectation is if I turn the kettle on, it'll boil, right? And if it doesn't boil next time I turn it on, I'll be angry. But an unrealistic expi- uh, um, expectation is is expecting the kettle to have boiled when I when I haven't turned it on. Yes. I mean, I'm making it very simplified. Yes. Um, you know, it's like my classic example that led me down this route was I trusted someone,
2: mm.
6: and when they let me down, I mean, it was something major. Mm seriously big and when they let me down obviously I got angry but Mm. I immediately realized that I'd expected them to do what they said they'd do because it was a relation Mm. the fact was that throughout my whole life they had never um done what they said they would do there there was no reason to trust them if i'd have looked to see okay is this realistic and it wasn't Hmm. and that's what started me on this um and i think the other thing is that we have these these unspoken expectations where we don't even let the other person know you know, we expect them to know, as John D said, you know, mind readers. Yes. Um, and, you know, we've got our own, we we have our own agenda. We want to do or have what's in our best interest. And, and it's okay if it's in the other person's best interest. But if it's not, then they're not going to do it. So, but we're only looking, if we're only looking at what's in our best interest, it's obvious the other person isn't going to do it.
0: Yes. So that's a good point brought up, Jenny, that a lot of our expectations are further our own self-interest. And they're not met because it doesn't match the other person's self-interest. And I think Which we
6: haven't considered, yeah.
0: Yeah. And this really helps me overcome my disappointment many times because I realize uh, just as I operate from self-interest, so do others and just as you know so my expectation though i think it's realistic the other person may not think it is
6: and i th- i think that the, the the final thing is that s- sometimes we come from the wrong place and we're out to kind of prove a point and we can make an unrealistic expectation of someone that's actually a premeditated resentment I
1: love that phrase Jenny, I'm going to use it.
0: Premeditated your- resentment,
2: okay. Yeah.
6: Well, and you- I, I, I have been guilty of that many decades ago, I know that. Um, I've expected someone to do it. I know in my heart that they won't do it. I know it's absurd. And then when they don't do it, I get angry used to, you know, it's insanity. And then I got angry and resentful and all because I'm coming from the place where I want to feel resentful towards them. So I create this unrealistic expectation so that I've got the premeditated resentment.
0: But nobody thinks their expectation is ever unrealistic. Right, Jenny?
6: at the time i didn't know any of this otherwise you know i would have got divorced uh quicker but you know it's it's looking back yes it's only when you look back and you see this that you kind of realize that's to me you know i don't want to feel this hurt i don't want to feel this anger i don't want to feel this resentment um what's going on here and it's unpacking it you know it's mine i'm taking ownership it's mine why well, have I got it? Right.
0: Okay. <laughs> Any other comments, uh, Shubha? Any thoughts on this subject?
7: Thank you, Manush. Yeah, yeah really interesting discussion. Enjoyed it. Uh, just a couple of things. I think I, I don't think we can ever live without expectations because we live in relationships. And uh, I don't think, like you said, there's right or wrong about it. I think I think the more important thing is the awareness. And obviously, whilst you can't bring each and every expectation out for discussion, I think it's about a balance, you know. Is this something okay? Do I take a step back and understand from this or should I go forward and discuss it? And I think the other thing is also finding the right time to discuss because I think in the heat of the moment it's probably not the right time. So I think, you know, just sitting on it for a bit in that moment, and then finding a opportunistic, opportune time to uh, get it over across to the other person is probably something I find useful.
0: Yes, because if it's not in the heat of the moment, then it's more likely to be a more considered, uh, you know. And as you say, yeah. for me, it's journaling, making a list of them, scratching eighty percent of them off. And then trying to communicate the rest in a kind way and saying, look, this is what I would like. And, you know, what do you think about that? Don't express it as a demand, uh, because then that just creates a different uh, reaction altogether. <laughs> so one interesting thing, I just struck me that throughout this discussion, we're talking only about me, right? Me, my expectation, my hurt, my disappointment, my reaction. We never pause or rarely pause to ask, what does this other person expect of me? Mm-hmm. How can I meet the other person's expectations in that relationship? See, we're always just thinking about ourselves almost all the time, right? Right.
5: And I wonder how many, you know, one response, of course, as John D. said before, was the idea of saying, ouch, you know, I that hurt when that didn't get met. But I wonder how many of us ever say to someone, so what is your expectation of me?
0: Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and- how can I meet? those expectations that you have of
5: me yeah. because I know or, that's gonna really strengthen the relationship or the man Right. Or to say, or to say, I don't know that I can meet that expectation. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, I, I, I think that I I do that as a as a psychologist and with my 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 uh patients. So I will say, well what is your expectation of me? Yes. You know, um because some people, you know Well, I want you to give me the best advice in the world and cure my problems, you know. Um, And I want to know that, like up front, like what what are you expecting me to do here, you know? Because if that's your expectation, we better straighten some of that out.
0: (laughs) Actually, that's a really good point you brought up. In all our professional environments that we may work in, like as a surgeon, I would tell people this is what you should expect from this operation. Mm -hmm. If you and if I deliver that, then they'll be happy. But if I don't set the expectations beforehand, then they're going to be unhappy. Maybe the same is true in our relationships, true. Uh, Gopalan mentioned about recognizing an emerging pattern. And that's true, Gopalan, right? The same cycle and pattern of reaction keeps repeating itself in all our relationships. And yet, we're not able to change that somehow. You know? Any other comments? Uh, Anne, do you have any thoughts on this subject?
2: right I've uh, I've been listening with both ears and I think what resonated for me was the dropping of expectations from a young child you know I expected my parents to protect me and they didn't and so I grew up believing that I had to rely on myself I didn't need anybody else and I still feel that way and I've also realized listening um, to Jenny that before people could disappoint me, I would throw an expectation out to them knowing for a while that they can't meet it. So Mm -hmm. I can get all angry and say, well, bugger you then. I'm off. Cheers. Nice knowing you. Um, And that's been a pattern in my life, even with careers. So it's, it's really been an eye opener for me. And I hope it's going to change my outlook a little bit and see how I'm going to work with all these thoughts and feelings that are, you know, going around in my head at the moment. But I think also sometimes you can have, I'll call it a negative um, expectation. So um, if you, let me think for an example, if you've been, if you're in a relationship with somebody who, you know, has had previous affairs or whatever your expectation is he's going to do it to you or she's going to do it to you even though they probably haven't got any intention of doing that but you've already you project that negative um, expectation into the relationship
0: yes and you react to that so the whole human wisdom approach is saying there's only three steps to self-inquiry one is to observe what's happening. So say I'm hurt. Second is to take ownership of that hurt and say, well, it's coming from me. I better figure out what's going on. And the third is to ask a question, like what's happening? Why did that? And then of course you uncover expectations. I have, That's what caused my hurt. But I've got another question to throw at the panel here, uh, which is what is it in me that gets hurt? We never ask that question, right? What is this I, this entity that gets hurt? If there wasn't an I, would there be any hurt? What light can we we throw on that um, subject, uh, Gopalan? You and I have talked about this in the past.
3: Yeah, I guess uh, everything is rooted somewhere, right? And uh, if yeah, it's it, it's actually a good. Question to explore within: That what is it that gets hurt, right? Yes. And and eventually it'll come to the the eye. It's still it will come, without the eye there is no hurt.
0: Yes, and no expectation either.
3: Yeah, yeah. You see, yeah.
0: and maybe this doesn't have an answer, but at least the question is important. You see what is it? this what is this I in me? What is this entity that's getting hurt and where all these expectations are coming from? Coming it's not from coming from my physical body, it's coming from this sense of I, whatever it might be. Uh, Sanjay, do you have any thoughts on that subject, on the nature of the I?
4: Yeah, I think again, Manoj, you and I have had many a uh, conversation about this. And um, I think Uh, practically and realistically, I think understanding the eye is uh, probably a more realistic uh, kind of aspiration rather than eliminating the eye. Of course you know some people have uh, endeavored and they've written about their experience of so-called enlightenment which uh, is always somebody else's experience. So I, again, coming back to the point that, you know, we we really need to engage with the direct experience that we experience. And I I take Manoj's point that, yes, of course, we need to find out what the other person in the relationship expectation is, because we are so um, self-focused and self-biased in our understanding of the world, that even a glimpse of getting another perspective on that is useful. Joe, but for me, yes.
0: it's really simple. For me, it's just saying it's our identification with all the content of our memory. Because, you know, when that's someone it. has dementia, they completely lose the sense of eye because the identification with their memory has gone. That, or as a, a stroke, for example. That's very and, interesting.
5: Um, yeah, you know, that's very interesting.
0: They just so it's a creation of thinking because when you're sleeping it's not there it's just there when you're as soon as you open your eyes um it's there it's an inside job
1: the end um the the basic idea is all of this is right this I, this self-awareness the self-consciousness and pausing to sit with to consider to ask the question what am i expecting How would I get that idea? Let me sit with that long enough to get more useful information. Are my expectations realistic? Are they even mine?
0: Yes. Yes. Okay. And I think for me, it would just be to, to wrap it up saying, this is part of being human. It's not right or wrong we're so self-absorbed, maybe it's also important to ask, what are the other person's expectations in that relationship and how can I meet them? Or which of those, well, how far can I go? Because love is in the end, how far you'll travel for another person. Mm. And it's if you can meet all the expectations they have, or at least have a discussion about them, I think that can really strengthen all our relationships. And when I feel hurt, I take ownership of what I'm feeling, it comes from me, and then I go deeper, I'm curious what causing that, where does, and then I uncover the conditioning behind that expectation and so on. So for me, this whole space is a journey of learning, hurt is an opportunity for learning about expectations, their origins, and so on. and anyway, the uh, Human Wisdom app has lots of um, content linked to everything we've talked about, so please feel free to download and browse it um, at your leisure. So thank you very much, everyone, uh, who's joined us this afternoon, and uh, it's been a rich discussion. I'll share the um, this recording with everybody. This podcast comes to you from the Human Wisdom Project. To find out more about all the issues we've discussed, please download the Human Wisdom app or visit humanwisdom.me Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye.